Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. We hope that you enjoy the episode and we hope you're enjoying the series so far. If I could ask a small favour, please, and just if you are enjoying the series, if you could let your friends and your family know, please help us spread the word and maybe even give us a nice five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. With that being said, come over to Patreon, check us out over there for extra content for as little as £3 a month. We'd appreciate it a lot. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Bye. My name is Carrie and I'm your host and I'm an ac- I am accompanied today as always by my fellow hostess with the mostess. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, hey hi, how are you? Hey Loza, I'm alright, how are you? Good, good. Not bad but I woke up with a bit of a stiff neck so I've oh. put deep heat on it so I was like walking like a zombie today. Did you sleep funny? I think so. Well, mm. considering I slept on a couch the weekend, yes. I would have thought it would have been the weekend it come out. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking, maybe my bed's too hard, maybe my pillars are too hard, because yeah. it happened when I came back. Oh, <laughs> maybe you should just sleep on the sofa all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself, I'm not going to lie. It was good fun, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all right, just had a bit of a nothing day, you know, mm. not a lot going on, but... Yeah, looking forward to this case. It's, uh, oh. you know, what are we up to? Episode six now, yeah. aren't we? Which is American Horror Story Roanoke. Roanoke, yes. Um, so, yeah, we've got um, a really good case today, which which is, in, which you know, inspired one of the storylines in Roanoke, yes, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah, it's, there uh, was quite a few to choose from. We was yeah. quite lucky, but I thought this one, really, I don't know why, mm. From as soon as we said Roanoke, I thought, oh, I want to do this one. I want to do this one. Yeah. Because I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. You was on it straight away. And, mm. I, and to be honest, I probably would have forgotten about that element of it if you hadn't reminded me. And I'm glad we did it. Because it's such a good one. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> Just kept on to a nugget. Yeah. <laughs> so we are doing the case of the lethal lovers, Kathy Wood and Gwendolyn Graham. Yeah. The murders at the Alpine Manor nursing home. Oh, or the slippery sisters. They're slippery not sisters, sisters. they're no. nurses. <laughs> I think they're sisters in the show, yes. apparently, but then they weren't sisters, yeah. were they? They no. were um, lovers. lovers. Yeah. Lovers. So, um, yeah, so we picked that, didn't we, from yeah. Roanoke? Yeah, it really stuck with me. I just remember doing the M on the wall, mm-hmm. then the U, uh, 
And I thought, what on earth? And then when I realised it was based on a true story, I was like, really? Yeah. Someone fucking done that? Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. To think someone actually done it. It's like an Agatha Christie or something, It is. Isn't it? it really is. It's um, crazy. Yeah, the ABC murders, she does that. Yes, that's what I was thinking yeah. of, and I couldn't get my finger yeah. on it. I was like, I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, I really it's did. Funny, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, I can't believe they'd look at taking someone's life as I a know, game. As a game. They called it the murder game. Ugh. So, yeah, we've done a proper deep dive for you oh, lovely have. listeners, haven't we? Yes, we have. So, we um, have. Yeah, if you are intrigued by that element of um, American Horror Story Roanoke, this is the episode for you. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> are you ready? So, obviously, there's two ladies, aren't there? There's uh, Catherine Wood and Gwendolyn Graham. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you decided, well, we decided, didn't we, you were going to go down the route of Gwen's backstory? Yes, Gwen's backstory. And Gwen being guilty, I say. Yeah, because there's two sides to every story, listener. Definitely. When there's two involved parties, always. And it's just one person's word against another. Yeah. I think for balance, we're going to have to... We're going to have to produce both sides, aren't we? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And try not to be... Too biased. Too biased, yeah. yes. Because a lot that we heard were quite biased, wasn't they? Some were a little bit too biased. I'm yeah, yeah but, I did. Well, yeah. it, one of them convinced me. Yeah, me too. Convinced me that <laughs> they'd got the wrong person. Yeah. Really did. Yeah, definitely. But if you watch a few more, I suppose that's why it's important that you vary your research. Mm-hmm. You don't just narrow it down to one no, or two places. No, I agree. Because you can get a little bit hooked in yeah it's like um whenever i watch a channel 4 documentary they've always got a fucking massive bias on them you're like yeah. oh this is gonna be good this will be interesting and then you're like oh you've clearly got an agenda yes. which is shoving down my neck yeah which is why i now watch channel 5 documentaries good girl they're lip- they're, i know everyone takes the mickey out channel 5 but i think they do some decent stuff yeah so, well, i'll have a go going off you know. track going off track i watched Years a really ago. good um program about the murders of Lynn and um, Megan Russell. Oh. Do you remember that one? No. Oh, that was on you a Sunday night. You tell me about them didn't you? This was in the 90s, so uh, you was too young probably yeah. to remember it, but it was a massive case, and they uh, did a two-hour documentary the other day. Ooh, really interesting. I'll have to catch up on that. No, I do. Oh, yeah. I don't mind a good old documentary, but as you mm. say, when they're biased, they like, I'm so gullible, I believe it. Yeah, and then you so, just then you feel a little bit swindled. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, do. I, I keep throwing the word swindle like in after it. last week's yeah. H H Holmes episode. It's my new favourite yeah. word. But you do come away feeling a bit swindled because yeah, then you, you look into it a bit more. And you're like, oh, they fed me a load of biased stuff. Yeah, yeah. They haven't given me the the full. They give me half picture, mm-hmm. not full picture, and then you can't make a full yes. decision, can you? When the guy said about making um, a murderer, was it? Was yeah, it Stephen Alvery, that case. Yeah. And I know exactly oh, what you mean because yeah. I said in my head he was completely innocent, mm-hmm. and he, I think it was your sister that said he wasn't. And the guy mm. said the same. There's a thing saying our bias that that documentary was yeah. for him to be innocent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No That's way. the trouble. Some some filmmakers have got probably have got their own bias and mm. they'll project it. Yeah, and that that I think has happened in this case. Yeah. But we'll get to that I agree. later on. I'm right. just going to go and turn the hate off while you start your... All right, let's go. While you start my, my monologue. <laughs> let's go. So, Gwendolyn Graham was born on the 6th of August, 1963, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. She was the middle child of three girls, and at the age of five, her family moved to a farm in Tyler, Texas. I've never heard of Tyler, Texas, have you? Sounds good, though. It does, I, doesn't I like it? I the sound of Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. And it's quite tongue-twisty, and I've got it out, so be proud. <laughs> Yeehaw! Wee! That's what I was going to do in my head. Sorry, I got very excited. Yeah. So her mother, her mother was a cold woman 
And after years spent under uh, for years spent under her husband's rule, she seemed quite a beaten down wife. Mm. So she lived with her father when her parents divorced when she was eight years old. Her father was a very hard man, and he had a Victoria way of uh, Victorian way of thinking that children should be seen and not heard. And he was extremely strict and had an idea that children should act in a certain way. And he also molested Gwen on a regular basis. Bastard. So he tried to teach Gwen the food pyramid. That's the best way I could explain it. Oh, yeah. They were top of the chain. The food chain, not the pyramids. Oh, yeah. So they, um, they were top of the chain. So he'd show her beheading chickens and slaughtering pigs mm. to show her that it's they weren't the there world. as pets. Yeah. yeah. Harden her up a bit. But it left quite a lot of damage with her, I think, at this point. So Graham announced signs uh, signs of psychopathy. Psychopathy? That's the one yeah. from an early age. She was fascinated by death and often, and often would fantasise about killing people. She only saw her mother from time to time, so this caused a lack of maternal love in her life. Mm. As a teenager, she was diagnosed with scoliosis and had to wear a back brace. This made her feel even more isolated and alone. She began to act out at school and got into trouble on several occasions. So when Gwen was staying at her mother's, you know, so they'd not shared custody because she didn't see her a lot. I think she'd see her a couple of times a year, maybe. Mm. And this was one of the times... Her brother shot her beloved, beloved pet dog because the dog had scared a horse and threw the rider. So she mm. couldn't let go of the trauma. And when, oh God, a bit later on, she dug up the dog and kept the dog's teeth and skull in a heart-shaped box. Oh, yeah. It's very dark. And she, it was said that she hoped that the dog would just miraculously come back to life Aww. because she couldn't cope with the trauma of losing, losing it. Losing the dog, yeah, yeah. it's horrible, isn't it? Awful, isn't it? Mm. So we can start to see crack shame in her mental health. She started to self-harm by cutting herself and putting cigarettes out on her skin. Yeah. So in 1981, she was arrested for shoplifting and the following year she was arrested again for assault and battery. Graham dropped out of... Sorry, I've dropped the page. Sorry. <laughs> Graham dropped out of high school in her junior year. She had 31 scars from self-harming by this point. She later obtained a GED and enrolled in a community college. However, she dropped out just after one semester. So, in 1987, Gwen Gwen began working as a student's aide at the Alpine Manor Nursing Home in Walcombe, Michigan where they had a thriving lesbian community. Mm. So that's her history so far. So we can see the cracks showing. She's not... Mm. Yeah, she's not... Um, she don't seem very happy. No, no. She's had an awful upbringing so far. She's um, self-harming. Mm. She's yeah. got mental health problems, definitely. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's not in a good place. So. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so like you say, she's moved all the way up to Michigan from mm-hmm. Texas. Um, I suppose also to for, you know, as a young woman, she's probably struggling with her sexuality yeah. a bit. Yeah. I think Texas probably isn't the most broad-minded place, no. not in the 80s anyway. 
Well, I've so. read somewhere she did marry, but I've only found it in one place. Yeah. So I've got his name's Mark Logan, and she married him in 1985. All right, yo. But I've only found it in one place, so I don't know that is complete mm, yeah. conjecture because <laughs> I'm not sure. I only found it in one certain place, so yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. It was really hard finding, digging up <laughs> the dirt on these two. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of which, we've got uh, Kathy Wood and her background. So... Kathy Woods was born on Air Force Base in Washington State mm-hmm. in 1962, uh, which is where her father was stationed. And um, they moved, the family moved to Massachusetts, Massachusetts, sorry. And um, her way. dad actually fought in the Vietnam War. Oh. Yeah. She had a sister called Barbara, who we'll feature right at the end of this episode. All right. Um, now, she was described, Kathy, she was described as a bit of a loner and she was quite socially awkward. Mm-hmm. And she says this herself. I've watched some interviews of her this mm-hmm. afternoon and she says it herself. She wanted to be on her own. She liked just to lose herself in a book, that kind of thing. Okay. And I think her sister Barbara corroborates that. Yeah. Um, the reason why she was like socially awkward and didn't really mingle too much was because she was quite a big girl. So she was, she was like... You see pictures and videos and stuff of her. From the neck up, she just looks like an average person. Mm-hmm. But from the neck down, she's really obese. Oh, really? Yeah, really, really big. And I don't know, I think she's like 400 pounds or something when she left prison. Wow. Um, sorry, I've just given a bit of a spoiler there. She does leave prison. Um, but when she was a child, I don't know how old she was, but she was big enough that every time her dad came back from being wherever he was stationed, he used to pick on her Oh. Um, for being overweight. And this oh. was when she was about 13 years old. So it's quite an impressionable age, isn't it? You're going through puberty, your body's changing anyway. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you're gaining a lot of weight and your dad's pointing it out to you. So yeah, she she wasn't very happy at home either. Um, She started dating a boy who she thought was called David. And um, one day she goes around David's house and she (laughs) speaks to David's mum who says, oh, I haven't got a son called David. I've got a daughter called Debbie. Is that who you're talking about? Oh. And so Kathy's bit confused and she's like i don't know what you're talking about i've been dating a boy called david and um so the next time she goes on a date with david she confronts him Mm -hmm. and and then they have sex and um obviously she realizes she's been duped it is a girl um now this is a story that kathy has said herself right but as we move further into the story everyone who's ever met kathy will tell you she's a um compulsive liar She's a um, pathological liar, in okay. fact, is the word that they use to describe okay. her. And that um, she's very likely made this up. She knew she was dating a girl, but she's okay. twisted. She's made the story a bit of a fantasy to try and get a bit of, what's the word, sympathy? Yeah, maybe. okay. okay. Like, like she was fucked over the first time she ever had a romantic relationship. Like I feel sorry trying for to me, feel, Yeah, who? victim. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Um, Wanker. I don't know. Sorry. It just sounds a bit weird if you're... Go, if you're dating someone, you don't know if they're a girl or a boy. I mean, fucking hell. Surely it'd be pretty obvious, wouldn't it? Well, well, you would think. Yeah, I mean, they, she had her first sexual encounter, but still didn't know. Okay. <laughs> well, so they had a sexual encounter. Yeah. Maybe it was just all the fingers. Yeah. So she wouldn't know. <laughs> Sorry. But I'm just thinking, yeah. how else could she not know? I know. Well, because it's bullshit by the sounds of it. I think yeah. a lot of what Kathy said... Apparently, by by a lot of different independent sources, is you, you take it with a massive pinch of salt. Everything right. she says, and that's a very far fetched story. I'm target audience for her, and I, <laughs> I'd be like, oh really? You need a big leap of faith. Yeah, 
to be honest, this was one of the first stories that I ever heard about Kathy, and I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. And I thought, well, this starts to explain a little bit about how she turned out because yeah. she felt violated and she felt mm-hmm. duped. Mm-hmm. But then once you've done more research and you swindled, you, you think, swindled, thank you. You're Can we just do a little high five there? Wait. Thank you. Yeah, she felt swindled. But now I know what Kathy's personality is like. She's yeah. diagnosed narcissist and pathological mm-hmm. liar. So I think that's too that's too far fetched to be yeah. true. So it's fucking not true. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get you now. I do. <laughs> but yeah. So she um at the age of sixteen she meets a man called Ken Wood, mm-hmm. who is about three years older than her, I think. And on their very first date, he she was a man because he had wood. But a bunch. Ken, he's got wood. He's got wood. <laughs> he definitely had wood because on their very first day, she invited herself back to his flat mm-hmm. and got him to take all of his clothes off. So he's thinking, hey, first day, I'm, I'm getting now, my leg yeah. over. And she was like, no, I just want to make sure you're a geezer. you got a pain. <gasps> yeah, exactly. So no. she's like, oh, okay, Ken is definitely a man because wow. he's got wood. <laughs> but wow. anyway, so yeah, they carry on dating and at the age of 17, she gets pregnant. He's 20. They get married. Wow, I didn't know she had kids. Oh, she had a daughter. <gasps> yeah, a daughter called Jacqueline. Oh. So, yeah, she has a daughter at the age of 18 called mm-hmm. Jacqueline. Um, she, see, her husband is on the record saying, like, she wasn't a very good wife. She's on the record saying she wasn't a very good wife. She couldn't She couldn't bond with her child. She um, she got jealous of the child taking attention off of her. Like, Ken was paying attention mm-hmm. to the baby more than her, and she didn't like it. She didn't bond with Jacqueline. And um, and later on, she said, with regards to sex in the marriage, she said sex was nothing. Um, it's just something that my husband wanted and it was no fun. She didn't enjoy being touched by him. She didn't enjoy spending any She's time with him. She's blatantly queer, but just doesn't want to admit it to herself. And I feel yeah. sorry for her, but... Yeah, but she's so young. <sighs> and she said, I watched an interview with her today, and she said she had such a crappy time at home. She deliberately got pregnant so she could get out of her family home. So I think she sort of seen Ken as a ticket out to live independently away from her dad, who probably bullies her for being overweight all the time. And, um, yeah, so she she was so young, I suppose she didn't really have time to not develop develop mm. herself before she's a mother. And suddenly, yeah. you're, well, look, there's a baby, you're 18, so what, get on with it. And it's yeah. fucking terrible. It's, yeah. It must be so hard. I yeah. don't know how women manage who have babies at that age. So, yeah, but she sticks it out. They, get, they remain married for about seven years. But um, eventually, by about 1986, um, Ken realises how unhappy she is and encourages her to go and get a job. Oh, really? Yeah, so she applies for lots and lots of jobs. And um, when she was a teenager, she was a, um, they call them like a stripiest, uh what do you call it? A candy stripes girl, a candy stripes volunteer. I can picture it. And um, so it was a volunteer nurse, and they're called candy stripes because they wore candy stripes stockings. I, I can picture it. Yeah. yeah, and she'd really enjoyed it, and she thought, oh, do you know what? There's a job going at the local care home, like the elderly people's care home, mm-hmm. as an assistant nurse. Okay. And she got the job, so she becomes a lot happier. Like you say, she gets, she arrives there. Mm-hmm. She's probably about twenty three, twenty four when she mm-hmm. starts working there. And um, like you say, it's got a thriving community. Mm-hmm. All the nurses there like going out. They love socialising. Um, a lot of them, like you say, are gay as well. Mm-hmm. And um, she loves this new life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, by this point, her and Ken are separated. Within the next year, they have a full-on divorce. And Ken takes Jacqueline because he oh, knows... Oh, he just takes her. Yeah, uh, because he knows that... Um, 
Kathy doesn't want to know her. Oh. So uh, Ken and Jacqueline go somewhere, I don't know, perhaps they stay in the family home and maybe Kathy moves yeah. out. So anyway, they're living apart. Kathy's got this new job, this new zest for life. She's so much happier. She's finally in a place where she feels welcome. And um, yeah, she she has um, she meets a girl a girlfriend, um, a a ten year old called Dawn. They go out, they date for about six months, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so she's involved with Dawn, and they have lots of fun. They've got a great social life. Um, even though her and Gwen are working in the same place at the same time, she doesn't have anything to do with Gwen. They're not in the same circle mm-hmm. of friends, although Dawn is friends with Gwen and is also the girlfriend of Kathy. So mm-hmm. they've got the connection with Dawn. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one day she's sitting in the cafeteria with Dawn, just having lunch or a meal or something. Yeah. And Gwen walks in and Gwen's got her sleeves rolled up and she clocks all the scars on Gwen's arms. And something in that triggers an attraction in her. She just sees the self-harm scars. Yeah. And at that point, she says, in her own words, she started watching her a bit. Right, and yeah. I watched that interview today, and she actually says that. I started watching her for a bit. And you're just like, that's a bit weird. Why would you say that? Yeah. So, so yeah, so she, um, she notices Gwen, her and Gwen hook up, and they become um, girlfriends. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Can I answer that yeah. question? And I've got it written down here. Yeah. Because so, she said, um, Gwen... Mm. I'm so scared I say it wrong. I look at you like, have I <laughs> yeah. said it right? Yeah. With this self-harming. So people with um, mental health issues tend to attract the same. Yeah. And they have a better understanding of each other and they can sympathise better. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's seen this person suffering and knows she's suffering because they are signature self-harming marks and yeah. she would have known what they were. Mm-hmm. So she knows when he's suffering. Yeah. So in her head, she's she's suffering, or she was mm. before Ken and the daughter left, or whatever. So yeah. attracts like attracts like sometimes, mm. and I think that's the initial spark for her. That yeah. And then in some other conjectures, you read it's because she knows she can control her, but who's mm. to say at this point? 
yeah, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kathy, later on, she is diagnosed with um, pathological narcissism. Mm-hmm. And Gwen is diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Yeah. So it's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. It These is. These two women, neither of them are... I've got a very good word. I might need your help with. Oh, yeah. Not now. No, <laughs> not now. But later on in the story. <laughs> because I, I've got it written down and I've tried to spell it and I've tried to sound it out. But God help us all. That's all I can say. So these two women, they begin mm-hmm. to date, but I've got a note here. I've read loads about it, and I've just put in one sentence. They are bad for each other. Yeah. They are fucking not good for each other, yeah. these two. This is a classic sign of two fucking wrongers yeah. getting together, and people die because yeah. of it. Re- recipe for disaster, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, I'm not sure if you read about this, but they both like to play pranks and tricks on people. Yeah. And... um. Yeah, did you want to mention some of those bits? Yeah, sure. I've got it all here. So their relationship started in March 1986. Mm-hmm. The year I was born. Ta-da! <laughs> the year that the we girl was born. We had a serial killer who was born on my day, yeah. But we've got that. <laughs> so um, they first seemed happy. Oh, they did seem happy. But co-work- co-workers were really concerned by their toxic traits in this relationship. Mm. So co-workers have started seeing and hinting that they're not good for each other, like we've basically said. Yeah. They said it seemed like they had um, the, the mentality of them against the world, like, so... Oh, a bit like a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, like, everything I know was the against... Type. Yeah, sorry. We've all met the type. <laughs> <laughs> not you. But it's like everything's out to get them oh, and they've God. got to fight together. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it can be quite an insulating way yes. to be around in it yeah and i think not that builds this starts building Fantasy this world, world. world. yeah mm. yeah so they like to play nasty games and pranks against patients and co-workers kathy found a husband of a co-worker and told him she heard the rumor that the nurse was cheating on him she loved nothing but to stir pot, stir the pot over it yeah. and then sit back and watch the fireworks explode. What sort of person does that? That's fucking mental. satisfaction of just like yeah. giving a little... And then just sitting back and like, oh... Who does that? She said, your mum. Yeah. You know, That's like then, a yeah. soap opera yeah. line, isn't Precisely. it? Storyline. It is. It is. It's just... She said to the co-worker, you want to watch your husband. Yeah. And, and then it... in the next breath, rings the husband up and says... Yeah, she's having an affair. Fucking hell. So she's stirring the pot from both sides. Both sides. So that nurse is going to go home, like, yeah. really mad with her husband. Yeah. And he's really mad with her. Know. And they're probably going to end up getting a divorce yeah. just because of her. Arsehole. Absolute arsehole. What a shithead. I know. So what else they used to like to do was, right, I've written it down and I've tried to write it so you could understand it. If you don't, let me know. <laughs> so they like to move patients around and change their rooms, mm. but not tell any of the staff about it. Fucking terrible. So they took enjoyment of them suffering because nurses couldn't find their patients and then in turn couldn't treat the patients. Yeah. So they'd like just to sit there and watch them being all confused and... I think you fucking dickheads. Like, mm. why would you do that? Like, these are elderly, elderly people, people with fucking Alzheimer's. Yeah. They're, they're confused or anyway. diabetes, so some serious yeah. conditions that they're going to need their meds for. Yeah. But they're, like, they're just sitting there, but they wouldn't help no. the nurses try and rectify no. the situation. They, they don't just want to help. They want the chaos. Yes. Yeah. They just sat there, yeah, and basically watched the chaos around them. Unbelievable, isn't I it? I know. So they liked the suffering and they liked the power they had over people. They were known to abuse victims in their care and those that were able to fight them off come off of their um, final victim list. 
Oh, yeah. So on one Halloween night in 1986, so they'd been together about six months by now? March to October. Yeah, roughly, yeah, about six months, yeah. Yeah, they both attended an apartment and Gwyn was dressed up as a patient of the Alpine Care Home. You just said Gwyn. Oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake, Gwyn, Gwyn, Gwyn. <laughs> it's Gavin and Stacey. It I'm is, sorry, when you were saying Dawn, I had it in my head, Gwyn. Gwyn the widow, Gavin yeah. and Stacey. Sorry. Sorry. So, yes, so she dressed up as a patient from the Alpine Care Home mm. with shackles on her wrists. And after the party, she then says... Kathy bounded her to the bed, held a cloth over her face and started p- to perform sexual acts on her. Mm. They both got off of this fantasy and it was three more, uh, three, just three months before the killing. Yeah, that's pretty grim. So that fantasy is pretty much starting uh, to yeah. become... It's a premonition yeah. of what they were going to yeah. do, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I think, um, to be honest, dressing up as one of the patients is in fucking bad taste. Yeah. But I think nowadays you'd definitely yeah, get sacked think, what for are you doing like that. if you got caught doing yeah. that you'd be sacked no yeah, no doubt about it you can't do that i know it was a different time because it was a, yeah it was acceptable in, in the, the 80s. 80s but um but no even back then that's in yeah. poor taste very poor taste that's showing a massive disrespect of the patients that you're being the, paid to care, your care for yeah, yeah exactly. exactly um yeah yes. and then they apparently like they they did like to like Increase orgasm, I think, by cutting off their oxygen air, supply. Air supply, yeah. Yeah, so this was part of their sort of sex life. Yes. Yeah. All to do with suffocation and mm-hmm. fucking weird shit like that. So, mm. and I did read, oh, I think I watched a documentary today, one of the other pranks they did, which I thought was really sinister. Mm-hmm. They like to hide under the beds, and then there's people walking by, grab them by the ankle. Sorry. It's a bit grim, isn't it? It is really grim. Yeah. It's bad. But it shows the mentality of these women. They're in their mid-20s. Yeah. One of them's a mother. Yeah. And they're playing pranks like that. Yeah, it's bad, In a it? care home. Yeah, it's not like, on. You know, surely they're like, people have heart attacks, wouldn't they? If they're walking yeah. past and they're like 80 odd years old Fuck and someone that, grabs yeah. your ankle, you bloody keel over, I'd yeah? kick, oh, I'm laughing, I'd kick them in the face off. Yeah. If it was me, <laughs> I'd be like, who the fuck's yeah. that kick? Yeah. Like, I'd just lash out, yeah. <laughs> so they had some spunk about them, the older people oh, no. love them. So they started to get bored with their pranks and then Gwen decided, suggested <laughs> a new party game they could play mm. called The Murder Game. So she suggested this in January 1987. It was a selection process in which by... The women would pick off patients by the initials of their name to spell out the word murder. So, Maureen for M. You, what's you? Uma. Uma for you. (laughs) R. Rose. Do you know why they picked that? I read this today. No, tell me, please. So, there's a book in the care home. Yeah. And um, if a patient passes away, Mm -hmm. their name gets added to the book. (gasps) So, in their mind, they thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we can do it quickly enough so that each person that dies spells out murder in the book. Really? Mm. <gasps> really? I thought, oh, that takes quite a lot of brains. It does. Because all the way through, you're like, oh, Gwen wasn't bright enough. Kathy yeah. was clever, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, well, you don't take much brains just to kill people. No. But reading that little snippet, I did suddenly think, that, that is, does take... That takes a bit of cunning, I yeah. think. Yes, that's the word, yeah, cunning. It does, cunning. definitely. Someone, she's looked in that book and seen like the list of, list of names and thought, oh. I could spell out murder. Yeah. <gasps> that is. But yeah, that's where that's where oh, whoever well it was done. got the idea from. Yeah. Well done. No, Sorry. I didn't see that. I thought I'd interject because I just yeah. read that uh, this afternoon. Jesus. Well, so yeah, that's how we know. So the story goes that Kathy would be the lookout guard, mm. 
Mm. And look at, so Gwen would not be interrupted. Gwen would enter the selected patient's room with a cloth in hand and would proceed to smother them to death. The, then the both would find an unoccupied room and go and have sex while relishing in their nasty deed. It is extremely unusual for women to kill in this manner and there are around 50% of women that are actually killers. It's been suggested they both suffer with erotophonophilia. Mm. Did I, I do it say okay? that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know if you said it right. Uh, I've, uh, well, I'm not familiar with all the failures. So it means they were sexually motivated and turned on by extreme and dangerous deeds. So that's why that they had sense. to do it then and there. Mm. Like they couldn't wait until they got home because they were replaying it over and over and over. They liked the violence yeah. of it. Yeah. So do you think that explains why Kathy was attracted to Gwen when she saw the violent yeah, marks on yeah, her arm? Yeah, she thought, "Oh, Precisely. there's a girl that's into a bit of yeah. BDSM or something." Well, because they both suffered with this, yeah. that's one of their yeah kinks, isn't it? Hundred percent, yeah. So, um, with extreme element being the victim dies, so that's in layman terms, lust killings. So, oh, have right, you heard yeah. of lust killings? Yeah, I think yeah. so. They mm. tend to be serial killers. Yeah. So this could have been a serial killer had it gone on longer. They are classed as serial oh, killers because they, they yeah. did five. Five, mm. yeah. So they had an ideal victim type, which was an older, frail, sickly woman. Mm. But it hindered their sick game of murder because when they started to abuse the patients before all the murders, mm. the initial people they had that spelt out murder fought back or told on them. Yeah. So they were out of it. So they didn't have the M-U-R-D-E-R. Yeah. So then they just went to whoever wouldn't fight back, wouldn't tell on them, mm. whoever would just shut up and take it, basically, arseholes. The first... So... I think they, they got as far as the first letter, didn't they? Yeah. So they killed five women. A six-year-old... Yeah. 60-year-old, not a six-year-old. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um... Ma, Ma, what's her name? Uh, yeah, it's January 87. Yeah. Their first victim was Marguerite Chambers. That's so one. they started off with the M, yeah. fully intending to then do the mm-hmm. U and the R's. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there weren't anyone weak enough with those names. At no. And you must have been hard, to be fair. Yeah, there's probably not that many U's, are no, there? No, you're right, no. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any more U's, I can't. <laughs> no. They didn't think it so, through, did no, they? No, they didn't. So... She had Alzheimer's, which you said was very young at 60 to have Alzheimer's, isn't it? By the time that she died, by the time they killed her at age 60, she'd already been in there for five years. Oh, God love So her. she must have, she had Alzheimer's really badly because you oh, don't go in there at the no, first signs of it, do you? No. For five whole years. Like from the age of 55, <sighs> it's really young, isn't it's it? It's very young. And like this was a little snippet that I thought was a bit sad. They liked to play the waltz to her because she loved to dance before an illness. And she had a husband, Ed, who came to visit her. Mm. Yeah, sad. Well, I read something about, I think her daughter went to visit her and noticed that she was looked a little bit uncared for, a bit dirty. Oh, no. So she got a face cloth and tried to clean her mum's face. And her mum really responded aggressively. Oh, no. So that leads us to think that um, Gwen had already tried to kill her and hadn't succeeded. Yeah. There was a day, I think, a few days or weeks yeah, before, yeah. that... Um, yeah, she'd already tried to smother this poor lady and she hadn't managed to completely seal off. But obviously she did in January yeah. she managed to do it. But oh. obviously the trouble is all of the victims, like you said, they're so vulnerable. Yeah. And they don't 
really know what they're saying a lot of the time no. so even if they do say try to warn the other staff what's happening to mm-hmm. them they don't really nobody really pays much attention no one to believes them, them no. no that's a sad thing no one's going to believe oh. them because they don't probably don't know what they're talking about no. half the time no they live in like a different place don't they when they've got alzheimer's yeah. your mind plays tricks on you and things like that so oh god love them so they were like trying to say i'm being hurt and mm. yeah and just not being hurt like you say there were i think there was about five of them she got, got done for trying to kill yeah yeah um, so yeah they would have obviously tried to express someone just tried to yeah. kill me but they they couldn't. couldn't or couldn't do it couldn't articulate it enough yes. is what i'm trying to say for anyone to take action oh hmm. so we've got myrtle loose she was 95 may mason 79 bill burkhead 74 and Edith Cook, 89, they were uh, victims. So the first one was in January, was it, yes. 87? And yeah. I think the last one was in about April, May time. April, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. So that wasn't a very long time. No. So they wanted to be together forever and was bound by these killings. It was said that Gwen took souvenirs from the killings. It was said. Yeah. However, things turned to turned in April 1987 when Gwen suddenly moved back to Texas with a new woman she was having a relationship with at Alpine Manor. So she's met this girl and just going to leave mm-hmm. Kathy in the dust and go. Um, and do you know what she went on to do? A new job. Mm. She began working in hospitals taking care of infants. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. So you've gone to one really vulnerable, word, vulnerable group mm. to the next. Yeah. I know. I thought that made my blood run Yeah. Cold I, I feel a bit sick. Like, mm. you know, when you're like, yeah, this is not a good place no. for this woman to be. Really isn't. No. So do you want to, um, shall I go with, to the murder investigation? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Murder investigation began in eight, uh, 1988 after Kathy's ex-husband, whom she had told about the murders 14 months prior, went to the police, to the detectives, but he didn't really take her seriously. As you said, she was known as a liar. Yeah. So at the time, he just thought, oh, she's making this up. I don't believe her. I don't believe her. But the more she kept on about it mm. and reliving it, it seemed, the more he started to believe her. Yeah. So she leaked out. Oh, sorry. So, detectives from the Walker Police Department extensively questioned Kathy in a series of interviews. She leaked out her versions of the homicides, portraying Graham, Gwen, Gwen, as the mastermind <laughs> and hands-on killer. Warrants were issued out for the arrest of Wood and Graham, and on December the fourth and fifth, nineteen eighty-eight, Graham and Wood were arrested and charged with two murders during the trial. Would plea bargained her way to a reduced sentence, claiming that it was Graham, Gwen, mm-hmm. who planned and carried out all the killings, and she just served that as a lookout and distracted supervisors. She maintained her innocence and said, It wasn't me, it was her. She's done it all. She's the mastermind. I was just scared of that. I was following what she made me do, mm-hmm. basically. Um, Graham maintained her innocence, innocence testifying that. The alleged murders were part of a mind game. Despite lack of physical evidence, the jury ultimately was swayed by the testimony of Graham's new girlfriend, Mm. who she ran away with, who revealed that she had confessed to the five killings. And on November the 3rd, 1989, 
Graham was found guilty of five counts of murder and one count of conspiracy to commit murder. And the court gave her five life sentences, meaning 65 years. Wow. So she's away for a very long time, this one. Forever. Forever. Yeah. So, but that's not the end, is it, Kaz? That's not the end of the story. <laughs> so, yeah, just going back to why well, these two are a couple. Mm-hmm. This version of events, uh, Kathy, um, Kathy sort of pushed Gwen away. Yeah. To the point Gwen started to become frightened of her and left her. Yeah. Moved in with her girlfriend Heather, and um, she's such a Heather. She's such a Heather. <laughs> Kathy threatened Heather with a pistol, so Gwen moved back in with her for about a month. This was about a month after the first murder. Yeah. She moved back in with her. All right. And um, she, during this period, she she was quite abusive to Gwen. Mm-hmm. This is Gwen's version of events, obviously. Mm-hmm. She tied her up. She threatened her with a pistol. I think she raped her with a pistol and left her there until Gwen could manage to escape from this place. So this right. paints Kathy in a completely different light, I think. It does. This story. It really does. And it makes a bit more sense why mm. um, Gwen would... Gwen would just get up and leave, run away, because that's what I don't understand. Because they were mm-hmm. meant to be bound together by these murders. Yeah. You would want to make sure the other one wouldn't squeal and talk to the police. Yes. Why would you get up and run away? Yeah, this is a thing as well. Cathy said that, that that Gwen was committing these murders. After five, Gwen mm-hmm. said to Cathy, right, you need to prove to me that you are just as bound by our love as I am, so I want you to commit the next murder. And at that point, Cathy said that they broke up, right? How can she say that when Gwen was the one who moved to to Texas? Yeah. It's thousands of miles away. Yeah, to get away from her. Yeah, to get away from Cathy. Oh, God. she's frightened of Cathy. She knows how vindictive Mm Cathy is. She knows that she's a bit of a psycho. Mm -hmm. Going back to those pranks, Ken said she used to do exactly the same. Oh, no. When she lived with him. So she would get um, her girlfriends to call Ken, pretending to be an ex-girlfriend of his, so she could listen in and try and catch him out and then have something to have a go at him about. So she's, this is this is a game she plays. This yeah. is a game she's brought to this old folks home and this mm-hmm. is a game she's brought to Gwen. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's got Kathy stamped all over it, I yeah. think. Um, I'm not saying she murdered anybody. <laughs> at the moment. At the moment. <laughs> yeah, so obviously Gwen Gwen was tied up. She was bound. She went, fuck this, I'm out of here. She gets Heather. They, they leave. They leave in May 87. Mm-hmm. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Um, Kathy, Brain thinks, really wants revenge. Mm -hmm. She's a vengeful person. In 1988, she meets up with Ken and she's heard that um, Gwen is working, like you say, with babies. Mm -hmm. And she's, oh, this is what she said in this interview today. She said she was really frightened that Gwen was going to start murdering Mm -hmm. babies. She said, Gwen had said to her, I'm desperate to smash a baby against a wall. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Yeah. So she said, oh, I need to confess, I need to tell all. So that's when she's confessed again. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you say, he didn't do anything for a while. <laughs> he sat on it, but he knows how much of a liar she is. Yeah. Ken, Billy bullshitter. This yeah. is a quote, direct quote from Ken. 80% of what comes of her mouth is lies. Yeah. So why would he believe her? He's probably so used to all these cock and ball stories yeah. from her. Um, but also, p- apparently... Both of them used to tell the uh, their colleagues in the nursing home that they'd kill people as well, and they all just thought they were joking. They all just thought they were mucking around. I don't know, maybe gallows humour. Yeah. I don't know. Perhaps if part of your job is walking in on dead people all the oh. time, you maybe do make yeah. black-hearted jokes. I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't think I would, but no. I don't know. No, I no one believed them. Well for that, yeah. <laughs> no one believed them, and even when Gwen said she had trophies, there was no trophies to show. No. She didn't. She didn't. She just said she had them. She didn't actually. Have any? Have any? Yeah, physically have any. Yeah, because I said that she is conceptive, wasn't it? That she might have had souvenirs, yeah. but none could be found. Why the fuck would you say that? And Kathy said that she had. Um, anyway, yeah. So when the police finally are told, mm. they check all the shift voters, and there is a match for about eight women, possibly eight women. Eventually, they drew it down to about five, which was the five that mm-hmm. we read out, and then they um, stick her on a polygraph tastes like a lie detector mm-hmm. and she fails the lie detector she's lying through her ass about the whole thing top to bottom completely lying she's blaming Gwen for everything yeah and the polygraph comes back this woman's just making the whole thing up but there's a detective detective Freeman and he he believes there's something there he, I don't think he believes that anyone would make that up and he thinks yeah. even though she's failed the polygraph he wants to dig a bit more so they go down to Texas and they arrest Gwen on an outstanding she she tried she it was some kind of like check scam that she was doing she had mm-hmm. an outstanding arrest warrant out right. so they arrest her on that mm-hmm. and then they start looking into the, the rest of the case so they um they interview Gwen they search her house they can't find anything at all to incriminate her the only thing they find in Gwen's house and in Kathy's house are the love letters between them and in one of the love letters there is a poem and the poem um says what is it called? For I'll love you for forever and five days. Oh, God. And at the trial, this was used as a piece of evidence mm-hmm. to prove that they'd killed five people. I oh. think that's flimsy. Yeah. At best. They, they started yeah. out with, I love you for forever and one day, and then forever and two days. And they're trying to say that every time they killed another lady, 
it went up. Fuck me. But I don't know. That no. seems like fucking clutching its jaws to me. Yeah. I don't think how you could like yeah. send someone to prison forever on that. Uh, yeah, so they, um, like I say, they search the house. They can't find anything. Um, then Kathy tells him about the murder game. And maybe maybe when you start telling a story, mm-hmm. if you get a certain level of detail, they'll start to take you more seriously. Mm-hmm. I should imagine if, you, if your story is consistent as well, I yeah. think they take it more consist- more seriously. Yeah, the, they're a bonding act between the two women. Um, and c- at this point, Kathy says, I'm going to tell you the truth now. She says that, Kath- that Gwen did all of it and she was a lookout. And at that point, she gets a positive, like a clear polygraph test that mm-hmm. she's telling the truth. Because I think the first one, she's just trying to say she had nothing to do with yeah. it. The second one, it says she's telling the truth. Gwen has a polygraph test, and there's nothing to indicate that she's been deceitful. Oh. So, yeah, it's literally just like, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That comes back, sorry, it comes back inconclusive. Inconclusive. Inconclusive, yeah. the polygraph. So, I don't know what that means, really. No. Anyway, so based on that, they, um, oh, they have the testimony of Heather, um, what's her name? Their girlfriend, anyway, the other nurse. Yeah. They have her testimony. They managed to get the, there's, the, like I said, they pinned down to five women. Three of the ladies were cremated, but two have been buried, and it's only just over a year later. Yeah. So they exhume them. Oh, God. The medical examiner examines them, and there's <laughs> absolutely no indication that a murder has been committed. But they still changed the, the death certificate to homicide from um, right. from uh, oh, natural causes to homicide. Okay. Based on the um, testimony of Cathy mm-hmm. and of Heather. Um, the thing is, if they're, they're being smothered, they're not going to show like, because poison mm. would show and mm. a bang to the head would show, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Any tra- like trauma. Trauma would show, but... But being smothered, usually they would expect there to be cuts and abrasions inside the mouth oh, and okay. some kind of like bruising and stuff on the wrists mm-hmm. and the hands and maybe, you imagine like broken fingernails, yeah. that kind of like, yeah. signs of a struggle, but there was no- nothing, nothing like that at all. But they said that's not unusual in a patient with dementia because they're um, so frail they can't fight back. Yeah. Which ties in what you were saying earlier where mm-hmm. they only pick the most frail yeah. women. Maybe yeah. that's why they didn't kill any men. Yeah. Men tend yeah. to be a bit stronger. Perhaps they just didn't want to risk it. Yeah. They're both quite small, these women. I mean, Kathy is got a weight on her, but neither of them at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, there's a book called Forever and Five Days by an author called... Lowell Caulfield mm-hmm. and this book flips the conviction that was given so obviously the jury found Gwen culpable of all five murders and that Kathy was just like an accomplice Yeah. but um, this Caulfield's book he interviews lots of fra- family and friends and the colleagues mm-hmm. that worked with this couple and they all basically say that Kathy was her personality, she's quite coercive, seductive, and she's a pathological liar. Um, and apparently, while she was in jail, she's told inmates a couple of variations of this story. She, one variation is that she's just made the whole thing up. Oh. And two is that she did the killings and she's and she framed Gwen for it, for retribution, for leaving her, for running off with oh. Heather as a punishment. Oh. <gasps> I and, could um, believe it. Yeah, some people are that vindictive. Yeah, I could believe it. And in an interview I saw today of Gwen, she said that she that Kathy would never be expected to be sent to prison for as long as she was. 
Now, Kathy done about 30 years in prison. Ah. And she would never have expected that. She thought she'd get off scot-free and she would just get Gwen and put in prison. Um, now, I was wondering, I was going to pose this question to you, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think... Because was there even any crime committed? Gwen categorically says she has no knowledge at all of any murders being wow. committed. She never saw anyone being murdered. She didn't murder did herself. Heather, Gwen, Gwen... Oh, Gwen's girlfriend. Girlfriend, so she admitted it to her. Yeah, Heather... Well, it's all just hearsay. Hearsay. She could... I mean, I could say to you, oh, guess what? I killed five people yesterday. Don't yeah. mean I done it. Yeah. Um, same, same with... Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe... Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just hearsay. There's not yeah. one, pe- there's not shred, one there's shred of proof that, no. it, that any crime was even committed. No. It's a big leap, I think, to go from a couple of women playing pranks on each mm. other. And apparently they were quite physically abusive to each other. Oh, no. There was, I think Gwen was quite, she had quite a temper, by all accounts. Gwen had a bit of a temper. Mm-hmm. You can imagine, though, from her yeah. upbringing and stuff. Yeah. She was seen to be, to manhandle Kathy quite a lot. Yeah. Which don't really tie in with... No. What she said about Kathy abusing her. No. But maybe they'd done it to each other. Yeah. And it's one side of each person's yeah, story. I think that makes a lot more sense. Mm. And that, to me, there's a massive missing bit from her leaving. But we'll mm. never get the truth out of. Yeah. But it's more truthful to me that Kathy's threatened Gwen. Yeah. Gwen. Yeah. Um, And that's why she's hot-tailed out of there. Mm. Because why would you move... That far away, That far yeah. away. If you've committed these murders, as I said to you, you would want to mm. be next to the person you've done it with so mm. they wouldn't murmur a word about it. Yeah. That, to me, that whole bit there doesn't... Yeah. They're saying off about it and I don't... Can't the thing, yeah. grasp but what. They said... Well, Cathy said the most... Because when asked what's the motive for killing these women, because they weren't written into their wills no. or get any no. monetary gains from it. And she said, oh... It was to bind each other, so we lose each other's insurance policy, no. so that neither of us would ever leave each other. Now Gwen left. That's what so I'm saying. What so does they, that tell you? That she didn't work. She didn't think yeah. that she had anything to lose by leaving, yeah. did she? She just thought she she was free to leave, yeah. and she yeah. wanted to get as far away from her as possible because she knew she was a nasty piece of work. Um, yeah. Wow, what a question to pose. Yeah, so Gwen has been in prison and she will die in prison because um her I think she's got one appeal left. The others have all failed, and um. Yeah, she's in some a place called the Women's Her and Valley Correctional Facility, whereas I think Kathy was in like a low security prison. Mm-hmm. So, and, and she, she got out. When was it? She got out two thousand year two thousand. I think January two thousand. Oh God. Uh, two thousand twenty. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say two thousand. Yeah, yeah two thousand and twenty, and um, she moved in with her sister. Because I saw a video of that today as well. <laughs> the newspaper reporter was right there when she pulled up into the drive. Oh, really? The first day out of prison was, you know, camera in her face. Yeah. And she's a big girl. But again, really? she's got a normal face. You would never know from the neck up. But the, the door card opens and she feels the whole car. She's like, she will need a walking stick soon if she don't lose some. But I was thinking, what, they've been in prison? Fucking hell, how has she got that big in prison? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, it's America for you, isn't it? Yeah. And, like here, sometimes, like we've discussed a lot, mm. people have hidden IDs when they leave and mm. have NHS funded <laughs> surgery yeah. to um, chisel their chin down. <laughs> so, but America, they're just like open for everyone to. Well, yeah, I think the uh, the news 
fucking on it like a yeah. rocket. They were on it. They were there waiting for her when she pulled into the drive. Her sister got out of the car. She got out of the car. Neither of them would answer any questions. And then they went into the high street and started interviewing all of the neighbours going, did you know you have a new serial killer moving into your neighbourhood? And they're like, no. She's a Judah, yeah. And like, yeah, Kathy, uh, Kathy Wood, that nurse that kills a bunch of people. Oh. They're like fucking spreading it all over town. So I yeah, don't know if she's there anymore, but no. they're literally, they, <laughs> they, got, they got the head of neighbourhood watch on there. They didn't. Yeah, they did. And they were telling him and he was like, well, no, usually the, and then they got the police on there because <gasps> it's a small town. He said 17,000 people, so everyone knows everyone. They've got a little like sheriff's office and they're on the phone to the sheriff going, did you know that they've released this um, serial killer back into your community? He's going, no, usually the courts tell us. No. We didn't. And it's like literally proper shit stirring, but Kathy doing would. a cafe on it. Yeah. Really, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. That's a really Mike, good point. drop. Ta da. Yeah, see, that. Yeah, good see boy. how you get on yeah. now, love. Yeah. So, yeah, crazy, eh? Yeah. So, wow. But, um, yeah, they, they literally they'd got a conviction on Kathy, who basically turned Queen's evidence. Like, she did a deal. Yeah. So, she went, blame the whole lot on Gwen, but don't yeah. give me the whole life yeah. sentence. The testimony of um, Heather Barner, the girlfriend, mm-hmm. and there was also the testimony from one of um, one of Gwen's friends who lives in <laughs> Gwen's friends. Gwen's friends. Oh, I'm a poet, and I don't know. <laughs> 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 one of Gwen's friends from Texas, Deborah Kidler, who said that uh, Gwen had told her that she'd killed about half a dozen people. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. So there was those three. Witnesses, witnesses yeah who said that but again i think it's a lot to go and just a bit of hearsay in it yeah there's and literally again like, you don't know if kathy ain't threatened them if you don't say this in call yeah it'll be you and also just looking at the statistics so i was when i was reading this yeah. i was thinking about um, i love nurse, this brain gun <laughs> you know the case of nurse beverly Allen. yeah so when you looked at the amount of babies that died mm-hmm. during the time that she worked at that hospital compared to the time when she didn't work there mm-hmm. it spiked yeah there was no spike during this period of people that died in oh, that nursing really? home. So those five or eight people mm-hmm. that they were looking at, it weren't like an over, it wasn't yeah. a spike. Yeah. So it was a usual a... amount of deaths for that period of time. Wow. So it makes me think, was there even any yeah. murders committed? Did these people die of natural causes? <gasps> and Kathy's oh, so, con- so... Yeah. Um, Hellbent on... Yeah, yeah, so malicious. Yeah. That she's just fucking made the whole thing up. Or maybe there's an element of truth in it. Or maybe while they're playing their sex game, she's thought, oh, something's clicked in her yeah. brain and thought, hmm, I could do that. Yeah. I don't know. You do get some really vindictive, malicious do. people, don't you? You do. And, she, and she sounds like it. Yeah, she really does. And the wow. fact that the polygraphs weren't conclusive. They didn't yeah. even have like a proper polygraph to convict on. It was um, not one shred of physical evidence, not one eyewitness. That's mad. Apart it? from Cathy, obviously, who was benefiting from being on our witness Jesus so yeah that is a really good case yeah it was fascinating yeah absolutely fascinating yeah I'd love to watch more and I might I might try and watch see if I can find some more stuff I think there's a Your few wife. like I think there's been a few deep dives like American TV shows have done ah. a couple of two-parters on them things like that where the ladies are like both of the women have been interviewed quite a lot and wow I've and all that sort of thing it. Yeah, you're pulling a face. Yeah, <laughs> that, I'm like, oh, I don't yeah, like them. No. So, yeah, that that was the case. Oh, big calf. Big calf. <laughs> and Gwyn. Big calf. <laughs> big calf and Gwyn. And Gwyn. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, yeah, that was the case of the Alpine Manor nursing home murders. Oh, Gwyn, where's my salad? Oh, 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. We Bye. hope you've enjoyed the se- series. Sorry. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye.